these two people have to sort of like sync consciousnesses. Oh, like in like in um, Spy Kids 3D. Exactly like in Spy Kids 3D. That's exactly where Guillermo got it from. You have to speak my language here. You okay. have to really... So when uh, Guillermo Spy Kid 3D'd it... <laughs> hey there, I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan, obviously, from Take Three Movie Podcast. You logged in. You know where you are. You know who this is. It sounds like I'm about to start an announcement or, like, drop some huge news. I'm really not. Nick today has a bit of a tummy ache, and he's got a headache. And so he's up, he's not, he's going to do this take from the couch. He, did, he didn't want to get up off the couch. Your couch is comfortable. I know. My couch is very comfortable. But he's far away. So I'm doing the take from over here. <laughs> Today we're doing one of my favorite movies. Uh, it was, I think, I forget how we've decided that we we're going to pick our movies, but we're alternating. War of the Worlds. Yeah, we're doing War of the Worlds. <laughs> uh, I picked this one because I feel like we both picked the last one and then he picked the one before it. I don't. I, Jordan is a Scientologist. That's, this is true, and I support all of the actors in this great religion. This is stupid. I don't <laughs> come get your ass over here. Is, is this okay? Like, really? Yeah. Sorry. I go from this nice couch to this like wooden. Well, let's torture make it. Device. Let's make it a quick take. No, it's okay. Oh wait, no, this isn't a quick take. I know though. it's not a quick take. Let's make it a take one. Hey guys. How are you feeling? Was that difficult, the three steps it took to get from my couch to here? You know what's more difficult is listening to your voice. I can... I any can, position. I can stop talking and you can just take over. So like normal. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah, truly. <laughs> truly. No. I, yeah, I feel better. <laughs> good. Yeah. We're so glad. <laughs> I didn't feel good and your couch was comfortable. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do it from... I mean, it really is just a few feet away. I could have yelled the take, but I don't think your neighbors would have appreciated that very much. Probably not. Probably not. I think our listeners might be a bit buffied out. We had a lot of Buffy these last few weeks. Not that it was bad. It's just a deviation from our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, it was all one evening that we recorded all of that. Yeah. So if you're... If you were uh, maybe a little bit overwhelmed, think about how we were <laughs> talking about it for hours and hours and hours. I think we spent like four and a half hours recording it. It was a long time. And it was yeah. to the point where... We could have gone another like seven or eight hours if we hadn't... Have, yeah. If I, sleep wasn't a thing. Can you imagine yeah. if we didn't need to sleep? We would be... It was amazing. Uh, it's still... Thank you again, Kimmy. That was great. So fun. Yes. Uh, thank you, Kimmy. Yeah. And so now... I'm trying to think of like, is it even still June? Oh, probably not. It's probably the start of July. 
<laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so, to so celebrate we, the 4th of July. <laughs> we did. Oh, that's a good. I think that's a. No, I'm thinking of Independence Day. Well, I mean, we should have done Independence movie's Day. movie's called War of the Worlds. Yeah, but we should have done Independence Day. The movie sucks. Does it? Compared to this movie? Like, yeah. we don't have to do, like, stellar movies every single time. Yeah, I just don't like that movie. <laughs> I've not seen it, but uh, maybe we'll do it for the week after Independence Day. We'll do Independence... No, we'll do it in, during Christmas. We should make that one of our Christmas movies is Independence Day. <laughs> that reminds me of when you had to... You had to carve a pumpkin for work, and you carved a Christmas tree. I did. And it had Christmas tree lights in it. Yeah. Because Jordan is a contrarian. I am. I picked this movie because I really love this movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think this was one of the first horror movies I've ever seen. There was a night that I spent at my aunt's with my older brother. And it was one of the first nights where they like trusted us to kind of be self-sufficient and like be on our own. So we were like, all right, let's take this opportunity. Let's watch some scary movies. And I think that weekend I watched this movie. I watched Skeleton Key and I watched Red Eye. And they were so fucking scary. They were horrifying to me. Those are the three movies that were like my first horror movies that I'd ever seen in my life. And that's a good little exposure to horror i think it's nice like you bash, can yeah. yeah i would say you can that handle those movies they're not too scary but no. they're also i think all three really good movies I, I enjoy all three of them a lot the twist at the end of skeleton key had me like i think my brother was asleep at this point i'm like ryan oh my god no this happened and he's like shut the fuck up i'm trying to sleep and i was just like so like amazed <laughs> at this at this twist but i think this is my favorite of those three and I think I've realized that I am so heavily affected by group panic. And another movie that comes to mind that does that really, really well is World War Z. Like War of the Worlds and World War Z are very similar because I feel like they invoke that like very, very like intense, just horrifying feeling of just being helpless against what's happening. And I think both portrayed that emotion very, very well. Yeah, because it's like, what what would you do in that situation? It's horrifying. I don't know. As far as actors go, yeah, Tom Cruise has a, a very shady life, and we don't support whatever the shit that he does. But, it, you know, he's yeah, been in some Gun, good movies. Can't stand yeah. that. Fuck Top Gun, man. We do not support <laughs> that. never whatsoever. seen Top Gun. <laughs> Although I will say you would not like Top I, Gun. I can imagine. Uh, but he's made some decent movies that I enjoy. However, the actor that comes to mind when I think about this movie is Miss Dakota Fanning. Ugh, I don't know why this sticks out, but the part where she has the splinter in her hand and her dad's trying to look at it and she's like, no, stop. Like, it's my, when my body's ready, it'll just push it out. And like, she just delivers it so well. She just has like, it's just comes so naturally to her. But the thing that I did not like about her in this is that she is always screaming. Oh, yeah. She's always a, yeah, screaming. She's a panic button. <laughs> She certainly is, and she's good at that kind of she thing. She is, yeah. I'm trying to think of like other things that she's been in that I've seen that you might not have seen. Which one? Which uh, she's in a movie, guys. The, <laughs> you guys can't talk back to me right now, but she's in a Denzel movie. Uh oh. Is it Training Day? Is it oh, Manchurian Candidate? Is it Man on Fire? 
I can't tell any of those movies apart. I know they all have Denzel in them, or at least I think they all do. How funny would it be if all three of them had Dakota Fanning also? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's the case. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of ones that you haven't seen. Well, you haven't seen Breaking Dawn. No, I haven't. Those. I have not. You're correct. I've also not seen the one where she has a dad that is... Oh, I am Sam. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I. Yeah. yeah. But wasn't she that's... also in a movie that has Sam in it with... It was a horror one with um, Robert De Niro. What was that That movie's called? called Hide and Seek. Oh, I don't know why I thought Sam was in it. Never mind. Disregard that. I did see that one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's also... Good, yeah, that's a good movie. That I remember also seeing this at the same aunt's house. I don't think it was that weekend, but I did see it there. Or maybe it might actually not be a good movie. Maybe I thought it was a good movie it's... and now that been a while yeah Yeah. Yeah. maybe i i'm thinking maybe that one probably doesn't hold up as much as like red eye and skeleton key which i know are amazing (laughs) to this day even skeleton key can you say that confidently like when was the last time you saw that movie years yeah same red eye i've watched in 2022 i I just watch that anytime i can but I would not be against doing those other two movies. We have a list on, it's a private list, but we have a list on Letterboxd of like, we'll add movies to it that Did you consider. know that that app is called Letterboxd? As opposed to what? I feel like I've been calling it Letterboxd. Mm-mm. It's, it's, it does the Tumblr thing where they take out the E and it's letter B-O-X-D. Oh. Yeah. Aren't y'all happy that I'm here? Oh, boy. And I got off the couch. Oh, boy. You want to go back, lay back down? <laughs> Day two. I gotta be honest, I didn't remember a whole lot of that. I had another one of these moments where I was like, did you even really watch the movie? And to, we I'm, were together when we watched it last, too. Like, we watched it together the first time I saw it. But I think I don't mind it because it was really fun watching you remember and yeah. relive these moments. Uh, like, the fact that you didn't remember how it ended or how they, the aliens lost, like... That was a great gift for you to give me a second time. Absolutely. (laughs) And what I think was so interesting about that part was that there was this battle being fought just to get this core group to survive towards the end. Mm -hmm. But like what we don't even realize is Morgan Freeman coming on and being like, they were doomed from the get go. Like (laughs) that is just so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And to think about because of the fact that we've been a race that's been here, however long you want to say, I don't know exactly how long, but uh, you know, the toll of a billion deaths. We've become immune to these diseases. And he all this. says we've earned it, and that is like, oh, yeah. that's so good. That's so good. That makes me feel a little bit better. We have so much like toxic shit that we're just used to <laughs> that the aliens would be like, fuck no, let's get the fuck out of here. I just, I just fucking love this movie. It is damn near perfect, uh, even down to the butt worms, like especially because of the butt worms. Like what movie The Butt Worms. The Butt Worms. I feel like one could Wait, argue hold on. <laughs> Let's talk about what is a butt worm. The the anus worms, the oh, the worms that come down and grab okay. the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like some people could be like that's really stupid that takes me out of the moment. No, like what movie wouldn't be better with butt worms? I think it's just it really just adds it's just a great moment. It was kind of like interesting looking like it also kind of looked like those two cages were maybe it's testicles or something this might be a good moment to bring up your note about um the scary movie franchise because i think in the scary movie franchise 
there were several butts in the in the scary movie franchise that were mocking this movie, but that was one of them where like the the things come down from a butt. Yeah. Um, I specifically told Jordan that as I hopefully am able to help shape the <laughs> cinematic education of my nieces moving forward in life, I am going to pretty much outlaw scary movie one through. I don't even know how many there are. I was going to say one through four. That's all I've seen. But I, let's get rid of all of them. <laughs> the things that I remember about this film are all like yeah. I, I immediately was like, where is Molly Shannon? Like, why am I looking for Molly Shannon right now? Even like the the narrative at the beginning with the little amoeba cells mm-hmm. and then like the ones in, in Scary Movie 4, one starts DJing as... And there's some, so some female ones walk by and you know they're, fe- I'm sorry, swim by and you know they're female because of their big boobs and their ass. And then the male ones are like looking at them as they, you know, because yeah. that's, yeah, peak Hysterical. humor. Hysterical. I'm not going to lie. I'm not above these scary movies. Cause oh, I, I love them. Because like, I think that, yeah. In the plane crash scene, it was very funny because we were both like, oh, that's where we saw Brenda. <laughs> and... Sydney was like, Brenda, I thought you were dead. And she's like, girl, I thought you were dead or something like that. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, my God, I remember that. And I, I really love a lot of things about those movies. Mm-hmm. However, it is not worth the damage it does yeah. to the overall horror of some of these movies. It is so difficult to separate yeah. the two. Especially yeah. this one. They did a wonderful job, I think, sort of emulating this movie mm-hmm. in Scary Movie 4. Yeah. And I, I want to get all that shit out of the way because that that does not <laughs> need to be part of our conversation. <laughs> but they really did do a good job, and that's why uh, another note is karma, 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 immediately. Like, that scene immediately brings laughter to my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a very scary scene. So if you sort of shut that off, or never see those movies and allow yourself to be immersed in the the idea of an actual alien invasion we are just utterly unprepared for something like that maybe the government secretly is prepared i was gonna say yeah there i think there are some things that we don't know exactly exactly but like me and you yeah as people the average plebeian i mean i'm thinking like i don't know if everything went down how would i even know where you were or what was going on with you we live three hours away from each other like Yeah. I would be mortified. Like, I, I just, I would have no idea where to go, what to do. If you, there's no contact with anybody, I'm going to have to walk. I, I just love that the dread just gets worse and worse and worse as the movie goes on. Like, you learn new things about these aliens that are just, they just keep getting worse. And it's like, it's like, what do you do in that situation? I, I genuinely don't know what I would do. This is like a hard conversation to have because you start thinking about like, really, what would you do in a scenario like this? And now I'm in like self-preservation mode. I'm going to just do whatever I can to survive. (laughs) And so if I'm like, I would want to think that I would be able to like get a gun and be able to protect my family with it. But then I'm also like, oh my God, if I I couldn't, like, could I fire a gun at someone? Like it really puts you in that mindset. Like, would I just be better off just jumping into a lake or, you know, off a bridge or something like that and just ending it all. Like it's terrifying to think about. Yeah. And I think that's what movies, uh, another movie that came to mind, similar genre was contagion. This movie contagion and world war Z 
follow a similar formula and it's a formula that I genuinely love. It's sort of like tragic thing happens, mass panic, mass hysteria. People come up with like conspiracy theories that are trying to like explain it all. And it reminded me of the scene where they're like, yeah, Europe's uh, untouched or whatever. And then the next guy it cuts to is like, yeah, Europe's decimated. Like nothing's coming yeah. out of Europe. And I just love that. I love that. And I think these movies are so great at not allowing you to empathize, like just leaving you stunned and being like, I don't know what I do. Like, I can't even imagine yeah. being put into this scenario. Maybe that's like the only reason why I'm not still shaking <laughs> is because I don't know that I could fathom something this horrible happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, suddenly contagions like super, super. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's close to home. We're not there. Yeah, certainly close to home uh, for sure. I did write this note down and it means a lot to me. In most disaster films, especially the ones by like Roland Emmerich, we get one sort of main plot and then seven or eight unnecessary plots. There's <laughs> the the uh, the scientists that's that's discovering that something's wrong and no one's listening to them. And then there's the politician who's ha has his own agenda. And then there's like this old couple family on a boat and they're just cruising. And it's like all these random storylines that like have nothing to do with anything. I really appreciate that this movie really has one key focus. Yeah. It is about getting Tom Cruise's kids to safety. I really appreciate the simplicity in that yeah. because it is able to ground such a such a crazy vast story. I understand that there is a miniseries, uh, a British miniseries, and I'd be curious to know if, because of the fact that it's a TV show, if they're able to maybe go into other storylines and utilize that time for a movie of this length. I appreciate the simplicity of it. This movie, I think did well. I was looking up that it, I won't tell you what it is, but it is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Basically, I could watch this same event happen to a bunch of different families, you know what I mean? And just see how it... So long as they're not, like, boring... Like, I don't want to see this happen to a rich family or, like, someone in the government. Like, I, I don't think I want that. I do no, like no, no, the no. relatability of this yeah. like, small family that I like I that that part I do like and I would like to just maybe see it from another person's perspective. This is the kind of movie that I think feels like um, a quiet place mm. where I think the plan is for quiet place three or the next chapter in that. they're doing another one. Yeah. And I think that the idea is to show this event from another person's perspective. Mm. We get that with purge. A True. lot of times, yeah. although, I mean, it's it's different purges still, but I just like that idea. I like the idea of maybe, you know, viewing something from multiple perspectives and just seeing how the same crazy, I mean, because it is a global catastrophe, right? Yeah. How it affects everybody differently mm -hmm. in some regards. But for what we got, I mean, that's not going to happen. This movie's 17 I years old. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think... I would want it to happen outside of this movie. Yeah. Like no one can touch this movie. This movie is so perfect to me. Um, I just, it's, it's just, it's well, that's what I'm, I, maybe I'm hoping like I'm, it's wishful thinking for the TV show yeah. because I'll definitely, uh, I'm going to wait till you tell me it's good and then I will watch it as well. <laughs> going down my notes. I did just want to share a funny story. Uh, and this probably is really only funny to you, Nick, 
but we uh, dress in pairs when we do costumes for Halloween. We typically try to match them. And the first time I saw Tom Cruise in his little driving machine, I was like, I would dress up for him as Halloween. No one would know who I was unless someone dressed up like Dakota Fanning. Now in my head, I'm thinking Dakota Fanning maybe has like a fuzzy bracelet on or something or in like a backpack. Like that's kind of how I see her. And then the next scene we see her jumping out of the car and she is like decked out in like a pink fuzzy vest. She's got a monkey backpack or a dog backpack or something. She's got bracelets. She's got this like colorful bright shirt. And I'm like, all I want is to see you as Dakota Fanning. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And all of these come in, th- in a blonde wig with pink berets. How like, long did it take to convince me to do that? Nothing. 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 And I- <laughs> She got out of the car and I'm in. <laughs> and I just think that'd be a very funny... I don't... To commit to that would be... Like, we'd really have to search for those things in your yeah. size. But if we could pull that off, that would be incredible. I don't even care if people wouldn't recognize who I was because I think he's in just like a... Like a dirty jacket and some jeans and a ball cap or something. But... Uh, I would, it would be worth it to see you. Like, people would have no clue who we are, but there's, like, no distinguishing features other than those clothes. Yeah. But we've gone as, I don't know, we've gone as obscure things in the past. You guys can look at our Instagram and see that we really have, I think we've pulled off some pretty cool costumes. Last year was was dope. My favorite. And I, I know we had some issues because we were afraid that people might not know who we are. I don't care. I loved our costumes last year. Yeah, and the people that were that we were with, I think, well, most of them didn't know who we were. I think they got the idea. They were like, oh, they're from some movie that they like. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Some smaller things that I noticed that I really appreciated that I didn't really pick up on the first million times that I watched this movie. A, there are some shots of when the aliens are in the house in the basement of, like, you can see one drinking water. And I didn't want to point that out to you because I feel like that was... You had told me at that point that you didn't know the ending. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. Like, oh, you wow. see them, like, yeah. consuming water that was dripping. Um, and I also like that you would think that a lot of the sources of light in this movie would be, like, maybe white light for the lightning and maybe, like, yellow or warmer light for, like, the explosions or something. But that wasn't the case. And I really appreciate it. If you look closely when they're close to the aliens, you can see, like, in the reflections in the backgrounds, there's, like bright blues and greens and purples and it just it really creates this depth almost like they do it in a way that's not cartoonish they do it in a way that really works with it and it really does feel like alien and even though it is these like super bright colors it's really terrifying and i just really liked that i like that you pick up on that that's really good Yeah, yeah as a stylistic choice i think that's brilliant i thought it was always really funny this is like going off of that but also uh, way shallower. But uh, I just thought it was really funny that like, no matter where Tom Cruise was uh, in the basement, he was always able to find the light. Like there was always a crack that could illuminate his face uh-huh. just to where, you know, right in the right spot. I I mentioned it was like Morticia Adams because it was yes. always his eyes that were just lit up. Also, wherever Tom Cruise was, there was Dakota Fanning screaming her head off. For like no reason. I have a note here. I says if, Rachel wasn't Dakota Fanning, I'd be advocating kicking her out of the car. <laughs> because I truly am just like, shut up. Like, yeah. oh my, I, I get she's a little girl, but... But also, like, I wouldn't change a thing about her performance. I think she oh. was one of the best actresses in the whole fucking film. I also have, like, right beneath that, she's the standout. Yeah. I think her and Tim Robbins, who I just fucking love, 
uh, were my favorite. I mean, Tom Cruise really does a good job of carrying you through the movie and giving you a sense of like, I think no matter how bad this gets, we're going to get out of this because that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly. Like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, is Tom Cruise just going to like fail and let his kids die? When, when I have a note right here, uh, why did Robbie just kill himself though? Because <laughs> he just was like, I got to go. And then that, he runs and then it, the, the hill just bursts into flames. And yeah. I'm like, where did you go? Robbie? That is, that is a storyline I wish was given maybe just a little bit more. I didn't need to be spoon fed, but I'm, I'm still a little bit confused about his intentions. Like I can understand wanting to be this like macho man and want to go off to war and fight the aliens. But what good would you have been? You are yeah. not in the military. There are people shooting missiles at these things and they are not working and you i mean like I, the only thing i can think of is that he just wanted to make his own way to boston he beat them to boston he did yeah so like i in my eyes robbie just sort of just abandoned his little sister he did that's, yeah that's yeah. all i got it seemed him. very selfish but also and, and this caused some debate in my head too because i felt that same thing i'm like you're you're really here for your sister and you're abandoning her and yeah that's a very selfish decision but like that's not his job. His job is not to be her father. That was Ray's job. And he failed at that. So like, if I were suddenly expected to just like raise my little sister, like I'd be pissed too. Would I run off and kill myself? Probably not. But I think he also mentioned things like, I need to see this. I like, let me see this. And maybe he just had this desire to be like, I have a feeling that maybe I'm going to die anyway. I might as well like yeah, I can understand that. I don't know that this is really, that it would be really the time to be like, I'm not her dad, I'm her brother. Like, if if suddenly I was responsible for a younger person that was in my family and the the people maybe that would have typically been responsible for that person weren't around or weren't doing a good enough job, I would feel a sense of obligation. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Regardless of whether or not I'm their guardian or whatever. In this situation, it's like help everybody you can. I really love that that couple stopped and, wanted to make sure that <laughs> kidnap <laughs> kidnap the yeah girl. well they, they they were like we're gonna take you with us if <laughs> they wanted to make sure that dakota fanning was okay that made me that made me happy um when you were talking about the aliens drinking water i love how curious they were mm-hmm. we also talked about the fact that the aliens are really interesting looking and it's really cool how they mimic the actual the ships tripods. yeah yeah um like the tripods have toes on their three legs. Yeah. And like, so do the aliens. Like they look just like their ships, which is, it know. is very cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 17 years ago when it comes to the digital effects. And oh I understand God. why they couldn't do these practical uh, maybe for close ups you could have, but I, I still, I think that they looked good enough. Um, a lot, most of the time they were shrouded in darkness, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but I really liked how curious they were when they were spinning the bicycle Mm -hmm. wheel and, and like Like sniffing the pictures and yeah. And it's like, part of me wonders that if an alien race coming here, even though there would be tons of destruction and, and death for us, if, if they would even mean any malice, maybe they're just being curious. Maybe they're just looking around and seeing these obstacles in their way and just 
You know what I mean? And just yeah. taking, they're, they're just trying to exist. They're, they're trying to power their ship. They're trying to clear the way so they can move through and explore. I mean, they seemed extremely curious. And so I think that that was one part where it seemed almost less like an extermination and more like how, you know, a superior alien race might handle an exploratory mission. It's just an, a, like an idea when I was thinking about it because I think mean, they really did seem a lot less threatening when they were outside of those ships. I'm not sure I agree with that because I think in some regard, like there has to be a reason why those ships existed there previously. It's not like they like descended onto Earth like in their ships. Like the, this was a planned thing. I, I think it, in my eyes at least, it came from a place of like, they needed a backup plan. They needed something else to, you know, rebuild resources for whatever reason. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you're right, because with the ships being here already. But to your point, though, I see it. I don't think it's any different than like someone in a field building a house and getting rid of the ants that were previously there. Like, I, to yeah. your point, like it's very much maybe they see it as so much more innocent than we do, obviously, because yeah. it's where it's so barbaric to us. But, um, but at the same moment, it was funny. I was getting, uh, Michael Myers vibes when he stabs Bob through the door and he's like tilting his head, like looking at him, like very interesting. And, uh, like he's just sort of like curious, like admiring <laughs> what, what he's done or, uh, in, in Rob Zombie's remake, he pushes he um, smashes this pumpkin over this guy's head and he's hung him up and there's a part where he just sort of pushes him and <laughs> there's curiosity, but then there's also like an extreme violence. And I also think there's a very deep, like Carl Sagan or Neil deGrasse Tyson discussion deep here where it's like, if we were visited by aliens, what are like, what are the chances that it would be the encounter would be malicious or benevolent like i think i feel like they've had conversations yeah i think depth. i've heard a lot of like the the odds of it being anything but a, a, a but a complete attack. attack yeah. yeah like for resources and things like that yeah it would I mean, be slim like united states has like the strongest military in the world but if you think about just the world's military with all of our weapons and all of that i think we would at least be able to maybe slow them down but we'd lose <laughs> billions of people in we the would. process we would there was something that i thought about that uh the crazy guy brought up i don't even remember his name jim robbins yeah him uh he was like this is just the first of them and i was like that's such a great thing to think about like these are the exterminators these aren't even like the race itself these are just the people this who is are the cleaning crew exactly yeah. and it made me think it's like okay these aliens have died who's to say that in another however many years they're not going to send an armada of the same alien to come be and to be like all right we're here we're home and then i thought about 9-11 <laughs> and i thought about that discussion that we had why are you laughing because i know it's not funny but it's the funny that i thought about 9-11 but it's the um the it, we brought up a small discussion when we talked about flight about how um when after 9-11 happened, all of these security protocols happened yeah. and we were like, okay, well now we have to be ready for this now. And um, I think the thing that was specific in flight was that the, the cockpit door very rarely opened. Like having access to the cockpit 
was not a thing after 9-11. So, like, who knows? Maybe we explored their ships and, like, found their technology and made weapons against them. I, I don't know. I just thought that that was interesting that, like, I think for so long, I was like, they did it. They defeated the aliens. But it's like, there is this idea that comes after, like, the afterwards yeah. of it that I just never even considered. Yeah, like, if they maybe just had something at the end where you sort of back out from the Earth and you see that there's still something out there, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, even if you had a, a tripod or two just shoot up into the air, like, Ooh. oh, we're going to... <gasps> Send a messenger. Yeah, Ooh. to tell them, like, and like here's our diseases and stuff like that. Like, let's get immune to that. Let's hey, get some know. vaccines going. Yeah. Oh, man. Could you imagine... That would have changed every. If we saw even just a, a sliver of a moment yeah. of something going back up into the air, oh, oh, that would have been incredible. It would have been. Oh my god, what a great idea! Uh, another thing we just need to talk about is blood. Now I know this movie is PG thirteen, but I think it did a wonderful job of making it really dark and disturbing, even though they really didn't have to show a lot of you know, full-on violence of humans. Yeah, Yeah, gore. Uh, With the tripods being able to sort of, like, destroy any sort of carbon-based organism and then just leave the clothes. You're not getting a lot of blood splatter. Uh, The the mass grave or the mass, I don't know, trip down the river, uh, that that part was really disturbing, but that's not a ton of blood either. You're not really seeing any, any blood at all. But then I was waiting for the blood, and... I didn't understand when I was like, what are those red roots? I don't understand that. That was a fucking cool scene. It just like everything gets worse. And it's like the beginning scene, horrific. Like when the, when the tripods emerge, nothing is scarier than the horns, like the, that, that siren Mm -hmm. that goes off throughout the movie. And then they're trying to get on the boat and then you see it behind them and everyone's panicking. And you think like once they get on the boat, they're safe. Nope. Then you see another tripod that's under the water and that is so fucking scary. And then you see them getting like dragged out of the machine and like stuck with needles and making their blood. It is just horror after horror. And you never get a break in this movie until the very end. Well, you get a break at one point. What point? Well, really twice because the boat scene not only has Chessie. We need to, yeah, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> okay, so uh, there is an actress and there's three actresses. There's three actors that we need to bring up that yeah. made surprise cameos that we were not prepared for. So, okay, so <laughs> Chessie, I don't know what her real name is. Hold on, I'll tell you what her real name I is. I can never think of it. Uh, but she is the nanny in the parent trap, uh, Lindsay Lohan's parent trap. And I love her so much. She's also on Abbott Elementary now. Lisa Ann Walter? Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely love her. And it was so great to see her. She's just a joy. I I just, everything I've ever seen her in, she's great. And it makes me happy to see her. Then we get one of the. Another Lindsay Lohan co star. (laughs) Something so weird. This movie came out one year after Mean Girls. And. Oh, after? Yeah. Oh, so, oh my God. I didn't. Yeah, so oh he was God. already Damien. Daniel Francisi comes out, and he's like a butch soldier. He's in it for like three seconds, yeah. too. I mean, you should have seen our boners. Like, <laughs> it was beautiful. But And then the other one came up early, much earlier in the movie. She played the neighbor with, I think it was Neighbor with Toddler oh was her God. credit. Yeah. I don't know her name, though. I don't even well, know her name. She's Harley Flax. She's, yeah. uh, she's the lady that Michael Scott marries, and 
Amy Ryan is Amy her Ryan, yeah. yeah. She's Holly from The Office. Yep, yep. Absolutely love her as well. And, like, such a, I don't know, such a small, interesting little role. I mean, when you think about it, nobody's roles are that huge other than the core three. So it was neat to be, you know, to have some people that you recognized. In The Office, you mean? Oh, no, the no, core no. three of yeah, the, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Sorry. I was like, who are the core three? Is it, like, who gets kicked out of Michael, Jim, Pam, and Dwight? Like, who? No one. <laughs> No one. Oh, I love that show so much. Yeah, crazy cameos. Like, we had to stop it three times to be like, oh my god, this is them. This is... Like, why are they here? Yeah. That was very strange uh, to see that, but it was it was cool. Oh, I don't, I don't particularly like Robbie's character, but the actor that plays him is from Shameless, and I really like that guy. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of Shameless. I don't know that I can take it. My heart can take it, but... um. It's a good show, and he, I really like him. I like his character. <laughs> I have written down, Morgan Freeman needs to narrate the apocalypse whenever it does happen. <laughs> I want him on a loudspeaker broadcasting across the world. Yeah. Just letting us know what's going down. <laughs> I do appreciate that. And we also talked about how uh, that plane crash, I, we feel like there probably should have been more plane crashes scattered throughout the area. Right. Because at any given time, I looked it up, eight to 20,000 planes are in the air. And if there were, you know, EMPs going all around and planes were shooting out of the sky, that would have been a really good, like if we were talking about like an alternate storyline to, to show, would have been somebody in a plane. Like, oh my god, there's this oh. alien invasion on the ground. Oh, it almost wow. feels like into the night. I was like, gonna, we I have was to gonna stay in the up. plane. We have to stay in the plane. Yeah. Oh, somebody make that. <laughs> oh, I love that. It, it, it doesn't have to be a war of the worlds. It can be any sort of alien invasion. Yeah. If, if that is you a would, thing. You would have to see the ships. I would only be yeah, sold on that show see if you could the, see the ships yeah. from the plane. Yeah. I love plane movies. I love movies that are around planes. Uh, and they need to be like scary or dramatic to some regard. If anybody has any recommendations for me, please send them to me. But if it's obvious, then like, just know that I probably already have seen it. I'm realizing that now because we've done flight and we just talked about how much you loved red eye. That's very I love funny. red eye. I you love, love flight plan. Stop. I love flight plan. You love flight attendant. I, I, yeah, I love <laughs> into the night. Yep. I just anything. <laughs> it's no planes, wonder. That's one of my biggest fears. I was going to say, it's flying. no wonder you're so scared of flying. Yeah. It's because you <laughs> watch all these, all this media. About what else do I love? I love slashers. What's my biggest fear in the whole world? Home uh, invasion. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Something, I mean, those are movies that are actually frightening for me. So they play into the, I don't know, like my core fears. Like, you know how things that really get you for some reason you can be drawn to that to some regard. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not particularly good at staying away from the things that scare me. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This like, is true. I have a cousin. Oh, wait. You guys know Shelly? Shelly's like terrified of clowns. And I used to like send her clown pictures and, <laughs> and stuff like that all the time. And I realized like she really, really doesn't like clowns and it really scares her. So now I feel bad. <laughs> but like, so if, if I didn't like clowns, which I love clowns, clowns are fine. I feel like I'd be constantly, like, watching shit with clowns. I don't know why, but I just like... Maybe I just like clowns. I don't know. We've would you ever... off on the tangents. Would you ever be a clown? Like, dress up as a clown? Yeah. Yeah. You would? Totally. That would be fun. Would you go to clown school to learn how to be a clown? I think that 
if I'm going to continue my education, I should probably do it in something that builds off of one of the degrees I already have. Very true. I feel like at this point in my career, maybe clown school is probably not where I'm headed. Not in the cards. I do like what I'm currently doing. Good. So I I do appreciate that. But (laughs) who knows? Who knows? The earth is vast and my story is still unwritten. This is deep. Did you just come up with that, or is it from a movie? I was trying to somehow quote Natasha Bedingfield. So I'm just basically staring at this blank page before me and opening <laughs> up my dirty window <laughs> and letting the sun illuminate the words that... What is it? The words that I found. Reaching for something in the distance So close you can almost taste it. Take three. So I can start off with something that I planned on talking about, but now I don't think I'm gonna... What? Okay, so I had this idea. I, it occurred to me that not only has Morgan Freeman played God in Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty, he's also been in that documentary about God, and he's also been the narrator in this movie, which is kind of like, like he's pretty much God in this too. And I was thinking, is Morgan Freeman God? And so I had this whole little search. I was thinking, you know, maybe he is God. And so I went on this website called Quora, and I just asked if Morgan Freeman was God. And this guy named William Staub, who he's a member of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he said, he is just an actor who played God, just that and no more. He will not have guaranteed place in heaven just because we love the way he played God. And I was like, well... I'm not sure I totally believe Mr. Staub, Staub but um, that is a, a one point of view. It is certainly one point of view. Yeah. So <laughs> so then I was thinking, like, a couple of people were like, of course he's God. Like, several people. Like, uh, obviously he's God. But then I saw this thing where this guy put down that he got me too He got accused of, like, sexually harassing, like, eight different women. And so I was thinking, okay, you know, I don't think God sexually harasses women. He just like floods the earth and sends gays to hell. Yeah, he just kills people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he would not do that. So I too, along with William Staub, believe that he is just an actor who played God just that and no more, unfortunately. That was a heavy intro. Oh. That was heavy. I don't know about the rest of us, but I want to hear some numbers. You sound so sexy when you say that to me. (laughs) Okay. Talk numbers to me. So this movie came out in 2005, right? So it was a while ago. It was like 40 or 50 years ago. It grossed $606 million worldwide. That is impressive. How much did it cost? Its budget was $132 million, so Hell yeah. uh, it almost 5X'd its budget, which I love. Me too. It actually is the fifth highest grossing Spielberg movie. Behind? Can you guess? Jaws has to be up there, right? No, it's not in the top five. I know. What? Is E.T. not either? E.T. is. Saving Private Ryan? No. Oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is number one. Schindler's List? No. Honestly, you should just be happy that I could name those four movies. I'm proud of you for doing it. Yes, I am proud of you. Being able to identify that those are Spielberg's 
on there? Would it be Ready Player One? Ready Player One is number six. I'll just tell you because you're struggling. Yeah, I give okay, up. So number five was War of the Worlds, and then The Lost World, and then Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, I forgot he did Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. That's right. E.T., and then Jurassic Park. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Don't hold it against me if that list is wrong, okay? Okay. So another thing that is pretty cool is that it is actually the sixth highest grossing remake of all time worldwide. Behind. Isn't that cool? Okay, I knew you were going to ask me that too. (laughs) (laughs) Number five is It. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I was very um, happy about that. Then uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Aladdin. The live action one, Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, and then there's Lion King, the photorealistic one. I wasn't expecting those top three. Well, I guess they're all Disney, so maybe, but. This is something that did not occur to me, is that this movie was the movie that uh, Tom Cruise went on Oprah to promote. Oh, yes. And had that, like, freak out. Yeah, and it makes Scary Movie 4 make a little bit more sense, because I thought that they were just parodying Tom Cruise, but, like, it is straight up, they're parodying the marketing of that film which is bizarre but wasn't he like celebrating something wasn't he announcing like his marriage or something like that so he was yeah he was like super duper excited about his relationship with katie holmes which is no longer a thing now is it or are they still married no they have parted ways yes interesting okay (laughs) i remember in scary movie when he like breaks her arms and they're like oh i know oh my god and the lady that plays her in Scary Movie 4, she was on Matt TV, wasn't she? She was, yeah. She absolutely I really was. liked that lady in, in Matt TV. And, and she plays Oprah a lot. Like, anytime they needed an Oprah impersonator, it was always her. Yeah. This movie did get nominated for three Oscars, Achievement in Sound Mixing, and then Fuck also yes. Achievement in Sound Editing. So, like... Fuck yes. It has amazing sound, like, of course. And then, what do you think it also got nominated for? Oh, man. Special effects, maybe? Yeah, visual effects. Like, nice. Of course. This movie, those three categories, like, if it hadn't have been nominated, I would have been pissed. <laughs> the, the machine, like, the tripod bellows alone deserve their own award for how amazing and terrifying they are. So, of any of the categories they could have been nominated for, I'm glad it was those three. Cause oh, totally, totally, totally. It deserved it. It lost across the board to King Kong, which, okay, I will give them King Kong. The Jack Black one? Yeah, to this day is a pretty believable movie, even though it came out so long ago. Yeah. It holds up pretty nicely. The special effects are pretty impressive. That's good to know. I might uh, take a weekend and kind of just sit down for... 72 hours and just kind of watch that again because it has been a while <laughs> yeah, it is just definitely. like carve out a weekend to watch that movie <laughs> um <laughs> peter jackson is very long-winded when it comes to <laughs> directing he really likes a long-ass movie sure does for sure i should have said these th- well no i i didn't know these things in take two but this is really take two reactions i guess that i kind of missed but realized through my research. And I don't mean to call out any listeners who may not have connected this right away, but I feel like a total fucking idiot for not recognizing the part when Dakota Fanning is talking about her splinter, how obvious foreshadowing that is. The environment will force. uh, It's a metaphor for the movie. Yes. I'm so fucking stupid, but it's like, I had that realization when I was doing my research and like, God, I can't believe it took you this long. Everybody that doesn't know these things should feel bad about yourselves. You guys are all idiots. Yep. Yep. Idiots. 
second thing I wanted to mention, um, I just wanted to point out how beautifully done the designs of the ships were, the tripods. I love that they mirrored the aliens in both looks and how they were moving. I think they were designed in a way that they were so much more than just vehicles. I feel like they moved so organically. They moved as if they were creatures and not like robots or just machines. Can I be honest with you really quick? Yeah. Before we watched this movie, I kind of forgot that the ships were like embedded in the ground and that the aliens were like the things coming from the sky. You also forgot the ending. Yeah, no, totally. But like, I guess when I thought of the aliens in this movie, I just thought that they were these giant robot creatures. I did not. Oh, like I completely did not remember that the ships were in the earth and that mm-hmm. the aliens flew down and started like piloting the ships. Yeah. Basically all that to say for a very long time, I thought of the tripods as the aliens themselves. I, just to back up your point. Absolutely. I feel like that's an understandable mistake to make. If you were to look back at the film, I think of certain points like when Ray threw the grenade at one of the tripods after it took Rachel It kind of like recoiled and like turned around and like looked at him and kind of inspected him to get a better look. When the missiles hit the one that had the shield down in the end, you could see it's like head like fell backwards and it kind of dizzily fumbled and stuff. And in the beginning, anytime they do that big bellow, it almost looks like they inhale before they do it. And it's like their movements are so fluid and they're not mechanic whatsoever. And it's a design choice that I really appreciated. I love that they did it because it gave the tripods almost like a personality and it made them feel more predatory and really made them that much more horrifying because even though they were machines they felt like they were like actual living breathing monsters and i just i wanted to shout that out because i thought that that was an awesome design choice i think that's the best thing that you can do in a movie or any sort of like form of media where you have this big robot is to allow whatever's piloting it to come through mm-hmm. i just keep thinking of pacific rim uh the <laughs> i don't think you've seen that movie right no i have not okay so the way that they pilot these big robots are that these two people have to sort of like sync consciousnesses consciousness oh like in like in um spy kids 3d Exactly like in Spy Kids 3D. That's exactly where Guillermo got it from. You have to speak my language here. You have okay. to really. <laughs> so when uh, Guillermo Spy Kid 3D'd it, uh, I don't like to shit on these movies because I feel like there's nothing shittier that can be said that hasn't already been said. But do it. The Transformer it. movies. A lot of times <laughs> they just feel like there's no one piloting them. There. I mean, they, there isn't. Right. But like they're they're autonomous creatures, but they they don't they feel like just big, giant, crashy robots. They don't necessarily always feel like a character with a personality, which is really hard to do when you're like a big monster. Right. And Mm -hmm. what's great is that Spielberg accomplished it. And I think Guillermo accomplished it as well. And what is another movie? Whoever directed the Power Rangers movie when they're in that Zord. See, that's like the exact opposite of what I want, where like someone's controlling the leg and someone's controlling like that's <laughs> right, horrible, right. right? I meant Robert Rodriguez, but that's okay. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that movie. Like, I oh just remember God. being like, oh, I don't like this one as much. No, no, me neither. Me neither. But like Elijah Wood 
was in that movie. Elijah Wood has been on a lot of movies. None as important as this one, for sure. The movie that Elijah Wood will go down in history for is Spy Kids 3D. It'll be on his grave. Absolutely. Yes. Spy Kids 3D actor dies today. It'll be on the uh, newspaper article when he passes. Let it be known. Today is the day. Nick and Jordan, same page. <laughs> Got it. We're here. Absolutely. Good deal. <laughs> Um, do you yeah. know who Elijah Wood is? <laughs> yes, I do. Of course, I okay. I do. just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. <laughs> I want to kind of talk about the book it was based on, and there was a lot of similarities between the book and this movie. I know we mentioned at least the show in either Take One or Take Two, and I said I would watch it, but I did not do that. It's two seasons. <laughs> We've only had eighty-four years. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was two seasons and it was on a, um, a subscription service that I did not have. And I was like, I'm not renting these. I'm not going to subscribe because I'll forget to cancel. And it didn't seem that interesting either. Like the second season I think was a 43 on Rotten Tomatoes. It did not get very well received. Oh, really? Yeah. And I looked into it and it seems a lot more like the aftermath of the aliens rather than the aliens themselves. And they're not even aliens to begin with. They're like robot dogs. So whether or not that show actually did pull from this. The the tripods aren't in the show. Not that I saw. I looked at a bunch of trailers. I looked at a bunch of summaries. I don't think I saw a single tripod. I thought I saw like what looked like a tripod on one of those. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Are you sure you weren't looking at a different show? Was it called War of the Worlds? It was called War of the Worlds. It was on Epics, I think. Are you sure you weren't looking at Jimmy Neutron with his robot dog? No, but I do love Goddard a lot. Is it (laughs) (laughs) God blessed. Fucking love Goddard. Goddard is one of the best movie dogs ever. However, he is one of the best robot dogs that I've ever met. Like I know him. And then there's what's that robot dog from that episode of Black Mirror. That's like just killing everybody. That's what. Okay. So that's so what that's the scary robot, as fuck. It is. And that's what the robot dogs look like in this show. I really think that there is a tripod in that show. I feel like I've seen it. Maybe I am. Maybe I didn't look at the right show. I don't know. But it is. There is a show called War of the World. It stars. Um, who is in Fresh? Who's that girl? Who's that girl? It's like Daisy Edgar Jones or something. Is that her? That sounds right, but I don't remember what her name is. She's in it. She's in it. She's from Fresh. She got eaten up by uh, fucking Bucky. He ate her ass. Ate her ass. So yeah, I wasn't interested in the show. I watched maybe a half hour of the movie, the old movie, and it was just boring and I didn't like it. So I looked at it. I was like, I tried, but I didn't do any research at all, guys. Morgan Freeman is God. (laughs) (laughs) I love this episode. Okay. Me too. I looked up a summary of the movie as well, and it seemed to follow the book a lot more closely. But one thing, the basic premise is aliens come to Earth from Mars. But this time they were in like cylinders and they landed in their ships onto Earth. And one of the things I saw, it was like a behind the scenes thing uh, that Steven Spielberg was talking about. He was like, you know, every every alien lands on Earth and, you know, any alien movie you see, it's because they come to Earth in their ship. And he's like, well, I don't want them to come from space. I want them to come from the other way. So he made them come up from the ground, which I thought was a really, really cool choice. It's very cool and very scary. Yes. Uh, In the book, 
the setting is in London and not New York and New Jersey, obviously. They have heat rays that are similar to the vaporizing rays in the movie. And the main character does go on a journey to protect his wife. Aliens come, he takes his wife away, and then he comes back home only to find that the aliens have gotten worse and more dangerous. Uh, and now he has to flee. He meets some companions on the way. He even gets stuck with a companion in a house that they spend about a week in, like observing the aliens. So I thought that that was an interesting callback that the film did. Is it kind of like the Tim Robbins character? Yeah, it's. it's I think I'm almost positive that's where that scene came from where they kind of are looking out this like crack in a window and observing the aliens for a week, but their food source becomes scarce. They start getting irritable and the companion starts to become hysterical and the main character is forced to silence him and the aliens notice. And then they take the companion's body, almost taking the narrator as well, but the narrator is spared. There are also red vines that are kind of meant to, um, terraform earth uh and it's sort of the reason why since they come from mars they claim that mars is covered in these red vines and that's what makes it like that red orange color but much like the movie these red vines that are terraforming earth uh begin to die as the aliens do and then the main character continues his journey back home he finds the aliens already dead from the bacteria on earth and he is reunited safely with his wife but yeah that's uh pretty much what i have about the book um and the adaptations that came from it. Um, honestly, other than this movie, none of them really seem too interesting to me. So sorry. It makes sense that the best adaptation of this work would be from the greatest living filmmaker. If you were going to give this project to somebody, I'm glad that it was not only uh, an incredible director, but an incredible sci-fi director. So it makes sense that he was able to knock this out of the park. I saw that um, George Lucas was, I think, finishing up episode three, and he was like, I was able to take a, a ton of their special effects guys right off that movie and put them on my movie, because yep, Spielberg yep. and Lucas are, like, really good friends, and I thought that was really <laughs> cute. Okay, so back to what I researched, I was like, I don't know what to research about this movie, I couldn't think of things, and then I was like, you know what, who I'm going to talk about? My favorite part of this movie, even though this movie's audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is a 42%, and largely <gasps> because of this individual's performance, apparently. Is it the brother? People, no, it's Dakota Fanning, what? people fucking no! hate these kids, man. Uh, they really don't like either of them. The brother I can understand, but... And I get that Dakota screams a lot, but, like... I don't know, the movie would not be the same if she didn't. We love it her. It just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, she can do no wrong. She knocks it out of the park. I fucking Ugh. love Dakota Vanny. This movie does have a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is certified fresh, right? But, again, I did say 42% with the audience score. Nonetheless, I am going to talk about Dakota because I love her. First off, her real name, I thought this was funny, is Hannah. So her name is Hannah Fanning, which is funny to me. <laughs> it kind of rhymes. I read this like on several websites about her. So they were real proud of this shit. Apparently she learned to read at the age of two. I was like, all right, bitch. All right. <laughs> she became the youngest person ever to be nominated for a SAG award for her supporting role in I Am Sam, which is the, the movie with um, Sean Penn. Nice. She actually won a Saturn Award for performance by a younger actor for this movie. Oh, nice. That made me very happy. 
Also, I was talking about a movie that she was in with Denzel, and I looked it up, and it's Man on Fire. Mm, so, okay. good movie, and she's really adorable in it. I will add it to my watch list. This is the most wholesome thing I've ever heard in my life, okay? On her 11th birthday, Tom Cruise gave her a cell phone. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Did she turn 11 on the set of this movie? Probably. And then uh, her favorite movies are Gone with the Wind, Steel Magnolias, and Titanic. Nice. Yep, and that's everything there is to know about Dakota Fanning. Oh, also, her character in Twilight is really dope. Okay, I was thinking about it today. You probably don't know her. Her name is Jane, and she's a member of this, like, very elite class of vampires, right? And they're called Yeah, she throws a baby in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like one of the most iconic things ever. And like you'll see why. Like it, it it's not just a baby. It's a special baby. The cool thing about her is she has a special power and it's like she can make people feel emotions by just saying them. Like she can like pain and you're like in pain. Ooh. Isn't that cool? so cool it is cool no it is it is a cool power i just i just don't have a lot of context that's all well we need to get to watching them yep okay sorry also i have another note that i saw somebody say that it's cool that tim robbins also digs a tunnel in this movie which i thought was funny and if that doesn't mean anything to you then just forget that i said it i get it i get it that's that is very funny yeah that is very, and I understand why you can't explain that. That's, yeah. I would never. I want to talk about the radio show. I know there's a lot of buzz that this radio show back in 1938 was like, it caused this mass hysteria. Orson Welles. Sorry? Orson Welles directed it. Yes. Apparently it caused this mass hysteria that this radio show was broadcast on air and people thought it was real. They didn't realize that it was just a play or a script. According to Scopes, it was not as alarming as it was remembered to be. It is remembered to have caused like mass hysteria, people running out to the streets, like wreaking havoc and thinking the world's over. And there was even some story about a woman who like was attempting suicide after hearing it, saying that she'd rather die this way than than like that. And there were rumors of hospitals being flooded with patients who like went into shock over this. Uh, according to Scopes, there is little data to suggest that any of this happened. There's no evidence. There's no research to back it up. Uh, it says that only 2% of America had tuned into the broadcast, which is still a lot of people. But zero evidence exists to back up any of these claims. None of the hospitals claimed that this happened. There's no like newspaper articles or anything about this woman attempting suicide. And I think it was largely believed or understood to be just like a prank or just a story. And I it it does not seem to be true that this radio broadcast caused any hysteria whatsoever. Wow. It was according to Scopes. I can I'll I'll link the the website that I found this on in in the description, but I thought that was interesting because I know that that was one thing that I really wanted to research and talk about. And it turns out it's probably not true. So that's nuts. Yeah. There have been, as I've said, a lot of adaptations of this, uh, this story. Each one kind of focuses heavily on this idea of paranoia. It's sort of this sense that we can do nothing but run and hide. You know, our military fails against it. There's really nothing we can do to stop them. And even running and hiding may not be enough. Uh, but this one hit so heavily because it was produced 
to reflect America's response to 9-11. There's a lot of really heavy 9-11 themes in this movie. A couple that stood out to me, it was set in New York uh, instead of London. This one I think is a little heavy handed, but I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't think about this. When Ray comes home covered in dust and soot and has to like clean himself off. Yeah, that's nuts. Rachel asking, uh, or I think even both kids at some point asked, like, is this the terrorist? Like, what's happening? When the man is holding the camcorder and is vaporized and we get that shot, like the camera zooms in on the camcorder and we see things through the camcorder screen. One of the articles that I read said it's a clever reference to how the world experienced 9-11 and many other major tragedies of the early 2000s, such as Boxing Day Tsunami, through the dissemination of amateur footage, which... You know, anytime you think of footage of 9-11, it's usually always on, you know, someone's camcorder. Yeah. Uh, And then also a plane crashing into the house uh, in Boston when they get to Boston. And for obvious reasons, I mean, this was only made four years after 9-11. There's been a lot of opinions that have come forth from this comparison, saying the decisions were a bit heavy handed and in poor taste. And I think I kind of agree, like, for it to have come out so soon after 9-11 and having all of these sort of blatant comparisons to it. I I don't know if I agree with that. It very well could have offered a conduit way to like accept and deal with the shock of 9-11 in like a safer space, maybe. Like I can kind of understand where Spielberg's coming from. And I think one could argue that this might have contributed to the movie's success. But even if it had nothing to do with 9-11, 21 years later, it's still an incredible movie in my opinion. I will say that. There are obviously going to be comparisons made about such disaster right i do feel like the more that this is directly tied to referencing that event though the more it falls into the box of movies that i feel are all way too soon i know that there have been movies made about tragedies over the years and like i don't know the specific space between each one right but because 9-11 happened during our lifetime, that to me is just always going to feel like too soon, even though it's been 20 yeah. years. I mean, it had only been four then, but... I'm not at all saying that this movie is a metaphor for 9-11. I don't think it goes that far, but it is very clear that Spielberg used it as a way to maybe grieve or maybe deal with it. I don't know. It's interesting. There's another video. uh, I don't want to go in too much detail about it, but it was really interesting. I'll link it in the description. Uh, It explored what they called Spielberg's 9-11 trilogy. They grouped this movie, Minority Report, and Munich together to kind of talk about how 9-11 affected Steven Spielberg's three immediate movies after 9-11. That's really interesting. That is, yeah, I'll, I'll link it in the description. I've never seen Munich. I've not either. I've not seen Minority Report either, but... I don't think you would like Minority Report, but Minority Report also has Tom Cruise in it. Yes, it does. That I did yeah. know. But I just thought that that was an interesting point. There were several articles that talked about 9-11's connection with this movie. And as soon as I saw some of these similarities, I guess, I was like, damn, that is really, like, you can't miss that. That's not something that you can just kind of, like, that's very clearly a, a callback or, like, a reference. But just something to think about. Just something I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to hit certain people and feel like it's in bad taste, and some people feel like it makes the movie feel more realistic. And kudos to Steven Spielberg for putting things in there that weren't necessarily safe but made the film feel more realistic at least to him my feet have been falling asleep all day i do not know why 
they were just exhausted. I even went for a walk and I was like, what is going on with my feet? They are asleep. Like, wake the fuck up. We have to walk. I'm like tripping and shit. Hello, this is Morgan Freeman. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please go to take3amp.com and listen to all of the episodes. Okay. Well, have a nice day. Heaven Almighty is underrated.